Section 7 of the Satyricon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Denny Sayers. The Satyricon by Gaius Petronius Arbiter. Translated by W. C. Firebaugh. Volume 2. The Dinner of Trimalchio. Chapters 45 through 52. Chapter the 45th. Don't be so down in the mouth, chimed in Echion, the ragman. If it wasn't that, it'd be something else, as the farmer said, when he lost his spotted pig. If a thing don't happen today, it may tomorrow. That's the way life jogs along. You couldn't name a better country by Hercules. You couldn't, if only the men had any brains. She's in hot water right now, but she ain't the only one. We oughtn't to be so particular. Heaven's as far away everywhere else. If you were somewhere else, you'd swear that pigs walked around here, already roasted. <laughs> Think of what's coming. We'll soon have a fine gladiator show to last for three days. No training school pupils. Most of them will be freedmen. Our Titus has a hot head and plenty of guts, and it will go to a finish. I'm well acquainted with him, and he'll not stand for any frame-ups. It will be cold steel in the best style. No running away. The shambles will be in the middle of the amphitheater, where all the crowd can see. And what's more, he has the coin. He came into thirty million when his father had the bad luck to die. He could blow in four hundred thousand, and his fortune never feel it. But his name would live forever. He has some dwarfs already, and a woman to fight from a chariot. Then... There's Glyco's steward. He was caught screwing Glyco's wife. You'll see some battle between jealous husbands and favored lovers. Anyhow, that cheap screw of a Glyco condemned his steward to the beasts and only published his own shame. How could the slave go wrong when he only obeyed orders? It would have been better if that she pisspot for that's all she's fit for, had been tossed by the bull. But a fellow has to beat the saddle when he can't beat the jackass. How could Glyco ever imagine that a sprig of Hermogenes planting could turn out well? Why, Hermogenes could trim the claws of a flying hawk, and no snake ever hatched out a rope yet. And look at Glyco. He smoked himself out in fine shape, and as long as he lives, he'll carry that stain. No one but the devil himself can wipe that out, but chickens always come home to roost. My nose tells me that the mamea will set out a spread, two bits apiece for me and mine, and he'll kick Norbanus out of his political pull if he does. You all know that it's to his interest to hump himself to get the best of him. And honestly, what did that fellow ever do for us? 
he exhibited some two-cent gladiators that were so near dead they'd have fallen flat if you blew your breath at em i've seen better thugs sent against wild beasts and the cavalry he killed looked about as much like the real thing as the horsemen on the lamps you would have taken them for dunghill cocks one plug had about as much action as a jackass with a pack saddle another was club-footed <laughs> and a third who had to take the place of one that was killed was as good as dead and hamstrung into the bargain there was only one that had any pep and he was a thracian but he only fought when we egged him on the whole crowd was flogged afterwards how the mob did yell lay it on <laughs> they were nothing but runaways and at that he had the nerve to say i've given you a show <laughs> and i've applauded i answered count it up and you'll find that i gave more than i got one hand washes the other chapter the forty-fifth agamemnon your looks seem to say what's this boresome nut trying to hand us well i'm talking because you who can talk book foolishness won't you don't belong to our bunch so you laugh in your sleeve at the way us poor people talk but we know that you're only a fool with a lot of learning well what of it some day i'll get you to come to my country place and take a look at my little estate we'll have fresh eggs and spring chicken to chew on when we get there it will be all right even if the weather has kept things back this year we'll find enough to satisfy us and my kid will soon grow up to be a pupil of yours he can divide up to four now and you'll have a little servant at your side if he lives when he has a minute to himself he never takes his eyes from his tablets be smart too and has the right kind of stuff in him even if he is crazy about birds i've had to kill three of his linnets already i told him that a weasel had gotten them but he's found another hobby and now he paints all the time he's left the marks of his heels on his greek already and is doing pretty well with his latin although his master's too easy with him won't make him stick to one thing he comes to get me to give him something to write when his master don't want to work then there's another tutor too no scholar but very painstaking though he can teach you more than he knows himself <laughs> he comes to the house on holidays and is always satisfied with whatever you pay him some little time ago i bought the kid some law books i want him to have a smattering of the law for home use there's bread in that as for literature he's got enough of that in him already if he begins to kick i've concluded that i'll make him learn some trade the barbers say or the auctioneers or even the lawyers that's one thing no one but the devil can do him out of believe what your daddy says primogenius i din into his ears every day whenever you learn a thing it's yours 
look at Phaleros, the attorney. He'd not be keeping the wolf from the door now, if he hadn't studied. It's not long since he had to carry his wares on his back and peddle them, but he can put up a front with Norbanus himself now. <laughs> Learning's a fine thing, and a trade won't starve. Chapter the Forty Seventh Twaddle of this sort was being bandied about when Trimalchio came in, mopping his forehead and washing his hands in perfume. He said, after a short pause, Pardon me, gentlemen, but my stomach's been on strike for the past few days, and the doctors disagreed about the cause. But pomegranate rind and pitch steeped in vinegar have helped me, and I hope that my belly will get on its good behavior, for sometimes there's such a rumbling in my guts that you'd think a bellowing bull was in there. So, if anyone wants to do his business, there's no call to be bashful about it. None of us was born solid. I don't know of any worse torment than having to hold it in. It's the one thing Jupiter himself can't hold in. So, you're laughing, are you, Fortunata? Why, you're always keeping me awake at night yourself. I never objected yet to anyone in my dining-room relieving himself when he wanted to, and the doctors forbid our holding it in. Everything's ready outside, if the call's more serious. Water, close stool, and anything else you'll need. Believe me, when this rising vapor gets to the brain, it puts the whole body on the burn. Many a one I've known to kick in just because he wouldn't own up to the truth. We thanked him for his kindness and consideration, and hid our laughter by drinking more and oftener. We had not realized that, as yet, we were only in the middle of the entertainment, with a hill still ahead, as the saying goes. The tables were cleared off to the beat of music, and three white hogs, muzzled, and wearing bells, were brought into the dining-room. The announcer informed us that one was a two-year-old, another three, and the third just turned six. I had an idea that some rope-dancers had come in, and that the hogs would perform tricks, just as they do for the crowd on the streets. But Trimalchio dispelled this illusion by asking, which one will you have served up immediately for dinner? Any country cook can manage a dunghill cock, a penthouse hash, or little things like that. But my cooks are well used to serving up calves, boiled whole, in their cauldrons. Then he ordered a cook to be called in at once, and without awaiting our pleasure, he directed that the oldest be butchered, and demanded in a loud voice, What division do you belong to? When the fellow made answer that he was from the fortieth, Were you bought or born upon my estates? Trimalchio continued. Neither, replied the cook. I was left to you by Ponce's will. See to it that this is properly done, Trimalchio warned, 
or I'll have you transferred to the division of messengers. And the cook, bearing his master's warning in mind, departed for the kitchen, with the next course in tow. Chapter the 48th Trimalco's threatening face relaxed, and he turned to us. If the wine don't please you, he said, I'll change it. You ought to do justice to it by drinking it. I don't have to buy it, thanks to the gods. Everything here that makes your mouths water was produced on one of my country places, which I've never yet seen. But they tell me it's down Terracina and Tarentum way. I've got a notion to add Sicily to my other little holdings, so in case I want to go to Africa, I'll be able to sail along my own coasts. But tell me the subject of your speech today, Agamemnon, for though I don't plead cases myself, I studied literature for home use, and for fear you should think I don't care about learning, let me inform you that I have three libraries, one Greek and the others Latin. Give me the outline of your speech, if you like. A poor man and a rich man were enemies, Agamemnon began, when, What's a poor man? Trimalchio broke in. Well put, Agamemnon conceded, and went into details upon some problem or other. Uh, what it was I do not know. Trimalchio instantly rendered the following verdict. If that's the case, there's nothing to dispute about. If it's not the case, it don't amount to anything anyhow. These flashes of wit, and others equally scintillating, we loudly applauded, and he went on, Tell me, my dearest Agamemnon, do you remember the twelve labors of Hercules, or the story of Ulysses, how the Cyclops threw his thumb out of joint with a pig-headed crowbar? When I was a boy, I used to read those stories in Homer. And then there's the Sibyl. With my own eyes I saw her at Cumae, hanging up in a jar. And whenever the boys would say to her, Sibyl, Sibyl, what would you? She would answer, I would die. Chapter the Forty-Ninth Before he had run out of wind, a tray upon which was an enormous hog was placed upon the table, almost filling it up. We began to wonder at the dispatch with which it had been prepared, and swore that no cock could have been served up in so short a time. Moreover, this hog seemed to us far bigger than the boar had been. Trimalchio scrutinized it closely, and, "'What the hell?' he suddenly bawled out. "'This hog ain't been gutted, has it?' "'No, it hain't. By Hercules, it hain't. Call that cook. Call that cook in here immediately.' When the crestfallen cook stood at the table and owned up that he had forgotten to bow him, "'So you forgot, did you?' Trimalchio shouted. You'd think he'd only left out a bit of pepper and cumin, wouldn't you? Off with his clothes! The cook was stripped without delay, 
and stood with hanging head between two torturers. We all began to make excuses for him at this, saying, Little things like that are bound to happen once in a while. Let us prevail upon you to let him off. If he ever does such a thing again, not a one of us will have a word on his behalf. But for my part, I was mercilessly angry, and could not help leaning over towards Agamemnon, and whispering in his ear, It is easily seen that this fellow is criminally careless, is it not? How could any one forget to draw a hog? If he had served me a fish in that fashion, I wouldn't overlook it by Hercules. I wouldn't. But that was not Trimalchio's way. His face relaxed into good humor, and he said, Since your memory's so short, you can gut him right here before our eyes. The cook put on his tunic, snatched up a carving-knife with a trembling hand, and slashed the hog's belly in several places. Sausages and meat-puddings, widening the apertures by their own weight, immediately tumbled out. CHAPTER THE FIFTIETH The whole household burst into unanimous applause at this. Hurrah for Gaius, they shouted. As for the cook, he was given a drink, and a silver crown, and a cup on a salver of Corinthian bronze. Seeing that Agamemnon was eyeing the platter closely, Trimalchio remarked, I'm the only one that can show the real Corinthian. I thought that, in his usual purse-proud manner, he was going to boast that his bronzes were all imported from Corinth, but he did even better by saying, Wouldn't you like to know how it is that I'm the only one that can show the real Corinthian? Well, it's because the bronze worker I patronize is named Corinthus, and what's Corinthian unless it's what a Corinthus makes? And so you won't think I'm a blockhead. I'm going to show you that I'm well acquainted with how Corinthian first came into the world. When Troy was taken, Hannibal, who was a very foxy fellow and a great rascal into the bargain, piled all the gold and silver and bronze statutes in one pile and set em afire, melting these different metals into one. Then... The metal-workers took their pick, and made bowls and dessert-dishes, and statuettes as well. That's how Corinthian was born, neither one nor the other, but an amalgam of all. But I prefer glass, if you don't mind my saying so. It don't stink, and if it didn't break, I'd rather have it than gold. But it's cheap and common now. CHAPTER THE FIFTY-FIRST but there was an artisan once upon a time who made a glass vial that couldn't be broken. On that account he was admitted to Caesar with his gift. Then he dashed it upon the floor when Caesar handed it back to him. The emperor was greatly startled, but the artisan picked the vial up off the pavement, and it was dented just like a brass bowl would have been. He took a little hammer out of his tunic and beat out the dent without any trouble. When he had done that, he thought he would soon be in Jupiter's heaven, 
and more especially when Caesar said to him, Is there any one else who knows how to make this malleable glass? Think now. And when he denied that any one else knew the secret, Caesar ordered his head chopped off, because if this should get out, he would think no more of gold than we would of dirt. Chapter the Fifty-Second And when it comes to silver, I'm a connoisseur. I have goblets as big as wine jars, a hundred of them, more or less, with engraving that shows how Cassandra killed her sons, and the dead boys are lying so naturally that you'd think em alive. I own a thousand bulls, which Mumius left to my patron, where Daedalus is shown shutting Niobe up in the Trojan horse. And I also have cups engraved with the gladiatorial contests of Hermeros and Petraeates. They're all heavy, too. I wouldn't sell my taste in these matters for any money. A slave dropped a cup while he was running on in this fashion. Glaring at him, Trimalchio said, Go hang yourself, since you're so careless. The boy's lip quivered, and he immediately commenced to beg for mercy. Why do you pray to me? Trimalchio demanded at this. I don't intend to be harsh with you. I'm only warning you against being so awkward. Finally, however, we got him to give the boy a pardon, and no sooner had this been done than the slave started running round the room, crying, Out with the water, and in with the wine. We all paid tribute to this joke, but Agamemnon in particular, for he knew well what strings to pull in order to secure another invitation to dinner. Tickled by our flattery, and mellowed by the wine, Trimalchio was just about drunk. Why hasn't one of you asked my Fortunata to dance? he demanded. There's no one can do a better can-can, believe me and he himself raised his arms above his head, and favoured us with an impersonation of Cyrus the actor, the whole household chanting, Oh, bravo! Oh, bravissimo! In chorus! And he would have danced out into the middle of the room before us all, had not Fortunata whispered in his ear, telling him, I suppose, that such low buffoonery was not in keeping with his dignity. But nothing could be so changeable as his humour. For one minute he stood in awe of Fortunata, but his natural propensities would break out the next. End of section 7